Hello, welcome to NC Asian American Ministries podcast. My name is Sammy Ju, your host. We've been going through the series called Habakkuk, and I hope and pray that you have learned, but not just learned, but you have experienced God's power and grace through this series. Because Habakkuk was a prophet of Y, and he had to go through a lots of difficulties that he did not even expect to have, because he firmly believed that God is good and all the time. And Israelites were the people of God, so people of God, no matter what happened, they would be blessed by the Lord. But God gave Habakkuk、uh, with a very strange prophecy. That God is going to raise up a pagan country called Babylon to defeat、uh, Israelites, who were the people of God. And Habakkuk was wondering why would God do that? I mean, it should be opposite that Israelites are the ones that God is going to use to defeat Babylon. But it was vice versa; it was totally opposite. And Habakkuk could not truly understand why God was allowing those. Ununderstandable things to happen, and this is something that we can apply to our lives because we have so many things that we cannot really understand why we are going through this and why do we have to endure this, especially as Christians. If you are followers of Christ Jesus, you might think like, "Oh, God is、uh, beside me, God is within me, and God is before me and behind me, so I will be well, well off. My life would be easier." But that is not the case. You know that、uh, Christian life is not easy. It's a life of carrying the cross. But sometimes, or even many times, even today, you might ask this question: Why is God doing this in my life? And what is the meaning of it? And why should I go through all these things today? As the last one, last message of going through this Habakkuk, I really hope and pray that you would find the final answer from this series. That Habakkuk, in the beginning,、uh, in chapter one, verse two, he was asking, he was telling, he was almost complaining to God that, "Oh, you do not save." But Habakkuk chapter three, verse seventeen and eighteen, the last portion of this chapter, he says. Oh, you are my God of my salvation. How does that change from "You do not save" to "My salvation"? Isn't that amazing? So that we want to see what happened to Habakkuk, and also we want to see the principle how we can apply that into our lives. So we can not, we should not stay in our complaints, but we will do the same confession that, "Oh God, I rejoice in you." My God, my salvation. Okay, so let's look at the context today and see how、uh, it all moves on. It starts with、uh, prayer that Habakkuk prayed to God, and then he moved into remembrance. He remembered how God saved Israelites out of Egypt. And finally, he made that wonderful confession that there, even when there is nothing in my pocket, I still rejoice in my God of my salvation. So prayer and uh, uh, remembrance and confession—that is the flow that we can see into this passage. So let's go one by one. Habakkuk chapter three, verse two. Lord, I have heard the report about you, and I was afraid. Lord, revive your work in the midst. Of the years, in the midst of the years, make it known in anger. Remember mercy. So this is the prayer of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is praying with desperate heart to the Lord and say, "Revive your work in the midst of the years." 
So Habakkuk was saying, in other words, in my lifetime, please revive, bring the revival in this country, and do your work. So we can see, we can feel the Habakkuk's very desperate heart. So he, in chapter two, verse one, we were seeing, we we could see that Habakkuk was waiting for God, uh, with earnestly. But he was not just waiting; he was praying to the Lord. But when he was praying, he was very specific. He was not just saying, "Oh God, do something," but he was saying, "In the midst of years." He even put the timeline there. Of course, you know God is sovereign, and He does His work in His perfect time, and His time is always perfect. And we cannot bind, we cannot put God in our box, or we cannot、uh, command God to do something in our own timeline. However, I really do think our prayer needs to be specific, just like Habakkuk did here. In the midst of years, please do your revival and bring the revival to us. Now, what does revival means here? Well, there could be many interpretation about this revival work. It could be something like, "Oh God, you did something great to Israelites in the past." So do the same thing for us right now, because we are in a very devastating、uh, situation. Or you know,、uh, the Habakkuk already heard very、uh, scary prophecy that his country, Israelites, would be exiled in Babylon. So he might was he might were、uh, thinking that, oh God, please save us out of Babylon. So either way, you know, he was praying to God with desperate heart. But guess what? His prayer was answered. You know, but、um, Israelites were exiled. They they、uh, they were taken away from the country was taken away by Babylon. So they went there. However, God did not abandon Israelites, of course. So that in seventy years they came back and restored, rebuilt the temple of Jerusalem. Okay, so we can see the restructure, reconstruction of the temple, and reconstruction of temple means a significant things because temple was the center of Israelites. That was the religious, not just the religious, but it was the representation of the presence of God. So it showed that God never left Israelites, even though they were in、uh, exile in Babylon. So yes, so so to, with with that. We can see God answered、uh, Habakkuk's prayer in few years. So we need to really cry out to the Lord in prayer. God,、uh, please do your work. It was not my work. It was not for my selfish gain. But it is really for the people of God. It is really for the kingdom of God. And pray to the Lord with specific、uh, way. So I want to challenge myself and、uh, my church and whoever listened to this. A、video or watch this video. You know, pray to God with earnest heart for the revival, for the kingdom of God. Whatever situation you are going through, you know, we need God's revival in the churches or、uh, churches in the United States and Korea or many countries.、Uh, many churches are declining or they are in plateau, and a lot of people is even some people in the church building they are turning away from God and they are falling into the materialism. And the sexual immorality and all the sinful acts. We need revival, and also, not just that. There are so many thousands of thousands of people who are dying without knowing Christ Jesus. Yes, seven billion people. How many of them have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? There are so many of them in many different countries. So we need to desperately pray for revival so that they would hear the word of God, right? So that let's let's say we can pray like this. Oh God, please in our lifetime 
We pray that everyone in the world would hear the word of God. Everyone in the world would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where you can be more specific. Oh, in the next five years, Lord, please let everyone in my city would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why not? Of course, God is sovereign. He will do his work. But he really wants us to pray um, for his kingdom with this kingdom mindset, with even specific timelines so that we can be very intentional, we can be very focused, and we can cry out to the Lord. And who knows, we may experience the wonderful power of God as God answered Habakkuk's prayer that God did reconstruct the uh, the temple of Jerusalem, just like he prayed. Now, what's the ne what's next? Habakkuk did not just stop in prayer. He remembered what God has done. Verse 12 through 13, it says, In indignation, you marched through the earth. In anger, you trampled, you trampled the nations. You went forth for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You smashed the head of the house of evil to uncover him from foot to neck. Selah. Now, Habakkuk is saying, you did this, you did this, you did this, God. So it's all uh, past tense. You marched through the earth. You trampled the nations. You went forth for the salvation of your people. Does that remind you of something? Yes, this is actually talking about Exodus. That God marched with the people of God and God defeated the enemy, which was the Egyptians. And God led people out of Egypt and God led them through the water, the ocean. It was an amazing miracle taking place. For what? For salvation of his people. And this is a historical event. And Habakkuk remembered that very uh, clearly. Of course, he was not a contemporary of Moses' time. However, he and other Israelites clearly knew about this event. Now, why this is so important? It is important because many times, even including Habakkuk himself, it was very easy to forget about what God has done when we are surrounded by so many different problems. And it is very easy to focus on the problems that we have right now instead of remembering what God has done, even for the people of God. Imagine that you were Israelites back in those days. And then you heard the word like in a few years, your, you, your, country will, your country will be gone and you will be slaves in another country. What would you say? You say, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord and we're so thankful. Probably that might, that might not be your response. You would say, oh God, why are you doing this? Are you finally abandoning us? Is it just because of our sins? And you cannot do that. That would be the response that a lot of people would have. Now, Habakkuk was the same way. Remember, in chapter 1, he was complaining, he was asking questions. And However, now in chapter 2 and chapter 3, Habakkuk began to remember what God did. When he prayed to God, I'm sure that God opened the eyes of Habakkuk to remember what God did many, many years ago. Even though he did it many years ago, but he is still the same. God is faithful, meaning he is same yesterday, today, forever. So remembering what God has done is so significant. What did God to you? What did God to us? So the first thing that we need to do to remember his work is to go back to the Bible. If you are curious or if you are confused and if you cannot see or if you cannot remember what God has done um, in the past, 
always we you need to look at the scripture because scripture Bible is the record of God's work, what God has done. In Exodus, for example, God led two million people out of Egypt, and that is amazing work of God. But not just that, two thousand and many thousand years later, God sent His only Son, and He died on the cross, and He rose from the dead to give us eternal life. It is not a wishful thinking; it is a historical fact that the disciples recorded it, and even at the risk of their life. And then thousands of disciples shared that gospel of Jesus Christ, even at the risk of their life. Why? If they believe, if they thought it was just a lie, they would not do that. But they did it because it was a fact. So God did amazing work that Jesus rose from the dead, and based on that fact, we can be sure that God is going to do amazing things in our lifetime as well. So the second thing that we need to do is to remember what God has done in the in the past. Now the third thing, very very important, based on this prayer. And based on this remembrance, now thirdly, we need to make the confession that it is God who is my salvation. So let's look at the third part,、um, Habakkuk chapter three, verse seventeen through nineteen. Even if the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines, if the field of the olive fails and the field fields produce no food. Even if the flock disappears from the fold, and there are no cattle in the stalls, yet I will triumph in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and He has made my feet like deer's feet, and has me walk on my high places. Now remember, in chapter one, verse two, He said, "You do not save." But here he says, "God of my salvation." In verses twelve and thirteen, he said, "You marched with your people. You saved your people." So that was the past tense, and it was he was saying your people. But here it is present tense, and it says, "God of whose salvation? My salvation." So he was not just saying, "Oh God, you saved the people of Israel," but he said, "You save me." You are my salvation. Very, very, very important. So we can see the movement. He started with the prayer, and he moved on to remembrance. But he finally come to his own confession that God, you are my salvation. Very, very significant. How many of you can confess this way? I mean, we can remember. We can look at the Bible, but can you really see? Can you really experience? Or are you experiencing that God is? Your salvation, you know, if it's just a historical fact, but if it does not apply to us, what's the use? It's useless. It's meaningless. It's just a history. It's a, just a book in the li-、uh, library, and it does not help us at all. However, God, who is same yesterday, today, forever, He also can save us, and He does save us even now. So we can clearly say He is our. Salvation, God of my salvation. But it's interesting that look at the situation right here. It says Habakkuk thirty three seventeen through nineteen. Look at verse seventeen again. Even if the fig tree does not blossom and there is no fruit on the vines, now look at the context here. Fig tree, 
vine tree, they're the most important plants in Israelites. So if they do not have a fruit, that's a big problem. Also, if the field of the olive fails and the fields produce no food, even if the flock disappears from the fold, the many Israelites were nomad, meaning that there were many of them are shepherd. So a flock is one of the most important position for them. So instead of counting how many cars, how many houses you have, they would have counted their sheep and uh, goats, right, as flocks. But there is no flock there, meaning that um, the uh, Habakkuk is saying, even if I don't have a house, even if I don't have any, any uh, the educational degree, even if I don't have any money in my bank account, even if I don't have anything I have. So he is, he is describing the most devastating situation that you literally have nothing on your pocket. You have zero in you. But in verse 18, yet I will triumph in the Lord. I will rejoice. How can it be? You know, when you don't have anything, can you really be rejoicing in God? But here, look at this. He is. Habakkuk is saying, he is saying, I will rejoice in God for what? God of my salvation. What does that mean? I don't care whether I have or not the earthly possessions, but even if I don't have any of them, I will still rejoice in God because He is my salvation. So salvation alone is worthy to be enjoyed, to be praised. God of my salvation. He doesn't say God of my provision or God of my success, but he said God of my salvation and that's enough for me. And I am so sufficient. That's sufficient for me. And that's enough for me to praise the Lord and rejoice in the Lord. That is why salvation is so important. Uh, many people in the church, they just take it for granted and they think that uh, the salvation it's just an accessory. And then they want more and more. Yes, God saved me a few years ago, but I still want my health. I still want my job. I still want my relationship. I still want, want, want. They add so many things on top of salvation. No, salvation is God saved me out of sin and death. That itself is worthy to be praised. And that should be our reason for worship. God saved me. And then, this salvation was so uh, significant, significant for him because it was not just the salvation of people of Israelites through Exodus, but it was salvation for him. Again, he said, my salvation. I shared my t testimony so many times, but I want to re-relate this again. I grew up in the church and you know, I always saw my father and mother serving the Lord in a very uh, amazing way. Then they were filled with joy. And I saw that, but somehow I participated in worship service and I went to Bible studies so many times, but I did not have that joy. I was just there. That's it. But and when I truly met Jesus Christ in September 2000 and everything made sense and my eyes were filled with joy, the tear. Why? Because finally I met my God of my salvation. It was not my parents' salvation. It was not my. Uh, it was not uh, Israelite salvation. It was not some some pastor salvation. It was not my neighbor salvation. It was my salvation. And then I realized why this is so so important. That salvation itself was enough for me that I can rejoice for Him no matter what situation I would face.
It's the same thing for you. Are you saved? It's not enough to learn about Israelites coming out of Red Sea or uh, Egypt. It's not enough your neighbor going to church and uh, experiencing God's presence. It's not enough. You need to be saved. You need to experience your salvation. So you need to cry out to the Lord that God would save you if you are not saved. So remember this three movement. The first prayer that we need to be desperate uh, just like Habakkuk prayed to God. And second, remember what God did. If you cannot remember anything, go to the Word of God. Read God's Word and pray so that you will remember what He has done. But don't just stop there. Number three, you need to praise and confess about your salvation. That uh, God, if God has not saved you, you need to cry out to the Lord and say, God, please save me. If God saved you already, praise the Lord and say, Oh, I rejoice in you, my God, and my salvation. So that even when things are still horrible and uh, devastating, you can still be rejoicing in Him. What a wonderful, wonderful way to rejoice. In this whole chapter, chapter one through uh, chapter one through three, we don't see the situation changing. Situation is still there. You know, the prophecy is still uh, effective, and he knew Habakkuk knew that his country will be sold, will will disappear. Yet he end this book, his book, his prophecy with rejoice and praise. How was it possible? Because he prayed, he remembered, he confessed that God is my salvation. That's all that matters. So at the end of the day, you know, we're going through many uh, difficult time and also confused, uh, confused time as well. But we don't have to pay attention to those problems around us because God is our salvation. And that's all what, that's all what matters. And that we also need to share this gospel of Jesus Christ so that more people would confess that God is their salvation as well. So we can all go through this together for God's glory. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this wonderful message that you taught us how we can go through this difficult time. Father, please help us to pray and help us to remember your wonderful works and help us to uh, confess that you are our salvation. Father, I pray for those who are not saved, for those who are uh, coming to the church building several years, but they have not really seen uh, their salvation yet. I pray that you will save them and your, uh, their hearts will be transformed by your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that they will truly experience and confess that you are their salvation. Father, we do thank you, praise you. In Jesus' holy name, I pray. Amen.